0: How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. What, uh, you know, what's going on, man? What's new? You know, things no? yeah. stuff. Finally, summer again. <laughs> finally,
1: summer again. Uh, it's fairly late in the summer, actually. Summer's almost
0: over, well, dude. Well, yeah, I haven't gone outside much. Yeah,
1: no. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no reason for that whatsoever. Yeah.
0: This is when my summer starts.
1: <laughs> My vacation's coming up. Complete, I assume. I don't know if they've approved it yet.
0: I've probably should check that out. Yeah, you should've checked that last month. Probably check that out a while ago.
1: Alright, welcome to Cardboard the Board Game Podcast. I'm Devon Body. And I am Steve Davis. This is kind of an exciting episode. It's not a board game or a card game. No. This is a tabletop tabletop role playing game. Role playing game. game. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. This is Dungeons and Dragons. Fifth edition. Fifth edition five E. Roll the music. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that. <laughs> awesome, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons 5e, 5th edition. This is a game that has been uh, around for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, 1974.
1: Yes, yes. Got fairly big in the 80s. Why don't you uh, tell us a little
0: bit about that history there? Sure, so Dungeons & Dragons was originally released in 1974. And then in 1977... It's split into Dungeons and Dragons and Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. A uh, quick for the question. More intense players. Who made it? It's in my notes. Gary made it. Gary. Gary Gygax.
1: Gary Gygax is, uh, is the one that uh, gets all the glory, but it's also included Dave Arneson. That's in later versions.
0: Uh, but still, at least from my write down. I think it's from second edition and then further,
1: I believe. I mean it said he helped him make Dungeons and Dragons
0: in the early nineteen seventies. Well, nineteen seventy four is the early nineteen seventies. Yeah.
1: So I think he helped make the original Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Well let's give him another shout out. Yeah. You were supposed to give the shout out. Oh. Hey Dave Arneson.
1: He uh he passed
0: away. May your spirit live on. He yeah, as
1: a paladin. If that's the character you play. I don't know what I don't know what he I don't know. I don't know what he meant.
0: Yeah, And then out in 1989, they came out with Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition. And then it was a long wait until 3rd Edition in the year 2000. Wow. In 2003, they came out with 3.5. And 2008 is 4th Edition, which brings us to the current one. In 2014, they came out with 5th Edition. First, the basic rules on July 3rd. Yes. The Player's Handbook on August 19th. The Monster Manual on September 30th. And the Dungeon Master's Guide on December 9th. Yeah.
1: I believe we did start playing it in 2014. I believe I bought the starter set in the summer. I bought it like pretty early on. I had that pretty early on. That was the f- our first experience with Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, one thing in that history that's really startling is actually the third edition rules formed the basis of the D20 system. I didn't realize they weren't using D20s up until that.
0: So what were they using?
1: I don't know. I have to
0: go back and check.
1: I Yeah, I, I have no idea.
0: Maybe they didn't even roll um, die. Just rules.
1: Or maybe it's, maybe it's a specific system. I mean, it was published in 2000 by Wizards of the Coast. So maybe when D&D was bought by Wizards of the Coast, maybe they started using that system. They were probably using D20s before that, just a specific system. So they released 5e in 2014. Call it. You could even call it 2015. The, the year 2017 had the most numbers of players in history. I am actually reading directly from the Wikipedia. And this is a quote, I forget where it's from, quote from uh, BBC News, actually. Uh, the year 2017 had the most number of players in history, 12 to 15 million players in North America alone. Uh, fifth edition sales were up 41% in 2017 from the previous year, and then another 52% in 2018.
0: I can so, imagine once the 2020 numbers come in, they'd man, be unusually high. I mean, right? yeah, I mean, <laughs> that and Roll20. <laughs> I mean, Roll20
1: did really well. The online role-playing game system yeah, probably did really one well in, in 2020. There are others. There and are it's others. One of the popular ones. One of the popular ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's the one that at least I use. Uh what I, I think that's just it's really cool to see this game reaching such popularity right now. Now, what is
0: this game? What is Dungeons
1: and Dragons?
0: First thing you should know, it doesn't always have to involve dungeons or dragons. Or even that's, Dungeons and Dragons. That seems misleading. Or any combination of the two. It can be a fantasy game, it can be sci fi, it could be horror. There are a lot of different types of games.
1: I mean, the most common, the way the game is based is that high fantasy style.
0: Or even low fantasy.
1: Low fantasy, yes. I don't even know why they say high fantasy as opposed to just fantasy.
0: I think it's the level of magic that's available. Or is that a high magic, low magic? That might be just high magic, low
1: magic. Magic yeah. plane, non magic plane.
0: Uh, What is this game? Yeah, so it uses a storytelling system where you have one person in control of the... World, environment, enemies, and all that. Who is that person? That would be the person who is the Dungeon Master or Game Master. Dungeon Master is
1: specifically... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Dungeon Master is specifically
1: the Dungeons and Dragons term for the Game Master, and Game Master general or generic term for the person running the game. Yeah,
0: but what if there's no Dungeon?
1: Then what? You're still the
0: Dungeon Master. Got it. That's just your title. Yeah, And then you have the players who create a character to live in, explore, and do whatever they feel like in this world. I guess that is the
1: uh, the, the biggest uh, appeal of this game is not only get you get to create your own character from the ground up, but uh, you get to do, I mean just about anything you want in this game. There are a set of rules to determine how you can do these things and in some cases, what you can do. But, I mean, it's only really limited by the scope of your own and your Dungeon Master's imagination.
0: And willingness to put up with whatever crazy thing you're trying to do. That is kind of a key aspect.
1: You need a Dungeon Master that's going to put up with your nonsense.
0: Yeah. So how you interact with this world is through a set of stats. So every character has a stat for strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma those stats determine how well you form certain tasks. Yeah. And you also have hit points which determine how much damage you can take, a speed value that shows up how quickly you can move around the world, and an armor class which dictates how easy it is to hurt you. Yes and despite the name of armor class, it actually
1: is a combination of your armor and your uh, kind of like your ability to
0: dodge. Yeah. Now, we have to get into the part where this gets weird. What's the part where... So, you have someone in control of the game. Yes. You have people who are ready to play the game. Yes. Now, how do you play the game? That's a great point.
1: Well, you called it out. It's a storytelling game. So, Dungeon Master runs that stuff. In many cases, the Dungeon Master will either have a homebrew campaign, which is a campaign they wrote, or a pre-built campaign that uh, maybe they purchased or, or downloaded or someone else wrote them. Um, uh, they, like Dungeons and of Dragons official has official campaigns that you can purchase.
0: Like that starter set you were talking about?
1: The starter set has a mini campaign, a five-level campaign. Basically, the way to start, like you said, is just that the Dungeon Master sets the scene, explains where the characters are, and then leaves it to the players to choose what they want to
0: do, which is usually walk the opposite way. I mean, <laughs> that, is
1: great, that is a great way to frustrate your Dungeon Master and get him not on your side. Yeah. Yes, you could just walk the opposite way. Though that might encourage your dungeon master to start getting creative with the type of prodding they give you to go in the right direction. Not necessarily the right direction, their planned direction. Yeah, I guess not necessarily any right or wrong direction.
0: So this game can be played abstractly where there's no pieces and no representation of what's going on in the world or you can play with the figurines and advanced tabletop and a one-to-one recreation right in front of you or anywhere in between yeah i mean that is the kind of
1: traditional way of playing i think that was uh one of the original designs though i do see the value in mindscape which is uh um, the dungeon master setting the scene and, and each player explaining what they do to everyone else. It's usually a more simplified to play. Yeah. You, you don't want to put too much in terms of detail into your settings, but uh, definitely a fun way to play. We have done that uh, on a few occasions. Yeah.
0: Because as a dungeon master, I understand when you tell people that there's a three candle candelabra in the room illuminating it, they will want to interact with it yeah I mean,
1: there's that too. there is that too, where they're gonna try to chop it down or assume it's a a, a mimic or something. yeah,
0: assume it's the trigger for a secret door and just pull it down or something. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mentioning things like carpet, the uh, tile work, they'd ask like, oh, is it making a pattern? Is it like a uh-huh, music a uh-huh. music pattern i I'm, I'm gonna play the music that the tile's telling me, and it's like, yeah. Maybe it does do that. Maybe it does open a secret door.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a book. You have various levels of description by different authors. But I think leaving much of it to your player's imagination allows them to, I think, live in the space a little bit more. The, uh, one of the big things about Dungeons & Dragons is is staying in character. You created character, you are playing as that character. You're going to talk as that character. It's adult make-believe with a an end goal, essentially. And I think leaving it open for players to uh, to create their own worlds in their heads uh, based around the story that the, uh, the DM tells makes it just more immersive experience for the players. But yeah, so I mean, continuing on on how to play, it's just you tell the Dungeon Master what you want to do. The Dungeon Master comes up with a way for you to do it, typically built around the D20 system, which is a 20-sided die. Roll that, adding on your modifiers. proper modifiers. So those stats we talked about earlier on, they... Uh, actually influence other stats that are a little bit more specific to different other tasks like uh, athletic arcana knowledge deception so lying or uh, intimidation uh, all kinds of different stats. i i listed off a lot of nefarious ones there but there are, are some nice ones there are some nice ones like, like animal uh, handling animal handling
0: performance
1: performance uh healing i i forget the actual word it's um it is the, it's not actually healing
0: no it's
1: Medicine. Medicine, right? Yeah. So can't actually just go and heal anyone. But yeah, there are stats that represent
0: roughly any type of action you can do. use that to stop an ally that is bleeding out from bleeding out. You can use it to hold up a door to get everyone through a trap. You could jump over a wide pit to access the treasure on the other side. Yeah. You could sneak behind guards and sneak into a uh, royal palace unnoticed. And uh, it's the DM that's actually
1: determining how difficult each of these tasks are, and they'll set a number in their own head. They're not going to typically not going to tell you what it is that you have to roll, and you have to beat that number in order to succeed at that task. Uh, depending on how well you roll, you'll either succeed or maybe partially fail or completely fail at what it is you're trying to do. It's, it's a cool system that's designed to mimic real life, like... You are able to do these things, but there is always a chance of some sort of failure.
0: Yeah, something going a little bit wrong that you weren't planning for. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and oftentimes, actually, a dungeon master will say, I don't want you to roll for that. You should just be able to do
0: that. Yeah, it's something easy, like walking up some stairs. Okay, well,
1: yeah. But, uh, as I mean, it also depends on the dungeon master. It really depends on... How nice they are! In all honesty, it's uh not uncommon for there to be like some hardcore DMs who are gonna be really tough on you, but uh some are a little bit more apathetic.
0: Apathetic, Apathetic—that's the word you're gonna go with. They just don't care. No, apathetic. (laughs) They have apathy,
1: or I guess empathetic.
0: Yeah, Yeah. apathetic is I don't care what happens. Empathetic is I I care what happens. (laughs) I think it's apathetic. Misspoke. No, there's Dungeons who are apathetic, and those can be the most dangerous ones. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Empathetic, (laughs) empathetic. Yeah, that is,
1: I mean, the basics of how you play the game. Then there are battles. Um, We don't necessarily really need to get into the nitty gritty on how these work, but... But use um, your
0: weapons, your magic, your wit to outperform the other side. Capture them, You can kill them, really up to you.
1: Yeah, a lot of different ways. You, uh, um, a lot of people like to use their surroundings, things they find to to help fight the battles. But um, that, is, that, that is one of the things you do when you're leveling up is, is giving yourself skills and abilities to help you in battle and other things to help you outside of battle, uh, like picking locks or uh, being able to read people when they're talking so you can... Kind of get gain some insight in what they want to talk about, what they're talking about, or creating
0: like a fantastic feast for all your friends to eat.
1: giving them food, creating a, a, a tent for you and your party to to sleep in at night, uh, so you're not sleeping under the stars and uh, out in danger. Yeah. There's all kinds of different spells and they uh, and different abilities. Just and,
0: reading a map, so and no one gets a lost.
1: And they and and Dungeons and Dragons is adding more and more books and things to the to the whole system to continuously enlarge what it is that your characters can do
0: there's a lot of options most of the time you're not going to run too much into characters that are exactly the same you get to choose your race you get to choose what kind of class you have there's different feats and abilities that you can pick out of those options
1: yeah it's i mean that's part of what i love about is the customization side of it where create your own character give them some sort of background and uh, different motivations and things for, for who they are. You create this character, give them a persona, and that's your character. Play that character uh, through that campaign. You can take that character onto other campaigns. Yeah. Um, it's a character you've created. It's yours. Do what you want with it.
0: Or in the first time they uh, are fresh off the page, you could uh, lose them in an unfortunate combat.
1: I mean, that happens. That does happen. It, 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 I mean, depending on how... Apathetic, your DM is, you could lose that character and have it dead and it's gone. Death is. Fall down a well. Death is permanent. Yes, yes. That, I mean. I think in our second session ever we all should have died or was that our first session uh, we did get beat up by Clark yeah so we I mean when we all get knocked out that's it we, we can't be revived so we're dead so uh but I I wrote in I wrote us in a way to uh, to well
0: that was survive. in the uh, the uh, campaign book if you're
1: no that's not in the campaign book I put that in
0: no isn't that in there if they defeat you they take you as prisoner rather than no. kill you
1: that is not in there oh I did I did that. Oh, wow. well, interesting. Because we wiped. We wiped. We completely wiped. Right. We were done. We would have to re-roll characters and start over. So <laughs> I just saved us from that. Got it. That was not in the book. Not a, not at all.
0: I guess since we you actually know. finished that, I should just read through yeah. what goes on. Yeah, in yeah, there. yeah, yeah.
1: And that's why I, since I was playing a rogue, I just made it so my character was able to free themselves and free the party. Right. Like, I, that's, I just made it that way. I didn't even give a challenge for, like, getting out. I just said, okay, uh, the thief. Got out and now you guys are good right. to go. Right,
0: I know in that scenario yo, we did defeat Clark, but there was just goblins we out Clark. that yes that were still left. Yes, that yes. finished us off. Yeah, so I and guess the, we should have the intimidated him. He had them. a
1: wolf and some uh yeah some goblins or orcs uh, around. Yeah. We um, should have tried to
0: scare them off.
1: We, I mean. <laughs> The the problem was we we all climbed a ladder to get up there and at the top was a very small space uh, and when we climbed up there I think we failed a stealth check so they saw us so we could only have one person up there at a time and then I think one party member fell down the stairs uh, fell down the ladder hitting someone else it was just a it was a nightmare
0: oh no that was me I jumped off I said there is too many enemies here <laughs> if I stay <laughs> up here I will be killed right. So I jumped down and then used my second wind to heal up again. But then everyone else kept climbing back up instead of running for it. <laughs>
1: I was already up there getting shot. That's what was happening. Yeah. I was up there just getting destroyed. I might have been I might have been knocked out by then. Who knows? Anyway, that was a that was a fun first session where we all got knocked out. I believe that yeah. might have been our first session because Yeah, it was the first yeah, session. Yeah, our very first session we all got wiped.
0: <laughs> Oh boy! I mean, a lot of players meet their end in that particular battle. Yeah,
1: I mean that's our first. That was our first session ever. Actually, I think technically by the time we get to Clark, we should have leveled up by then. The, for the getting that, sec- that second level is pretty quick. Yeah. But we tried to we tried to skip like the whole cave. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. an accident skipping the whole cave. Yeah, it was. We're like, it was. ooh dogs! We're yeah. When with them. ooh dogs, the dogs were angry at us, but they were tied up, and we went past the dogs. And Ooh, climbed, a, up climbed up this chimney, up this <laughs> chimney, and uh, walked into the boss's chamber and got destroyed. We killed there's... the boss, yeah. but uh, his minions also defeated us. Yep. All right.
0: I mean, you didn't just make them cower and run away yeah. at someone strong enough to defeat their boss.
1: It's your fault. I was level one. Rogue. Your fault, the DM. I'm not supposed to be out there at the front. DM, no. first of all, <laughs> first of all. Very first session, uh, very first time any of us had been playing Dungeons and Dragons whatsoever. Yeah,
0: I'm going to put that blame entirely on you.
1: That's fine. That's fine. So anything bad goes uh, wrong in our map, like killing a ferret, that's your fault.
0: Right. I mean, no, that that one, I couldn't stop. That one you absolutely (laughs) could when
1: I said non-lethal damage and you let it go ahead anyway. Just saying. Just saying. You didn't say, hey, Steve, you can't do non-lethal damage with a spell. No, you just let that one go even though I did call out non-lethal damage. You can't
0: inflict 7 times the amount of health a creature has Listen, and not have them die. <laughs> you
1: did not say, Steve, that uh, you cannot do non-lethal damage with a spell. I would have changed. I would absolutely have changed what I did. Right. So, that
0: is on you, man. But the thing I you, don't know if the thing I don't know you wanted the rule, to do. Was blast that creature with magic.
1: No, I wanted to knock it, it, got it out. Away. I wanted to knock it with out, magic. but I didn't want to get close to it with magic. I didn't want to with get magic. close to it. I didn't <laughs> want to get close to it. And oh, what do I have? I have a spell. So yeah,
0: upcast that to level three. I did not upcast <laughs> it. I
1: did not cast it. I believe it's level five. Oh no, that's a that's my yeah. cantrip. Anyway, I mean that is Good very designs. roughly how to play. If you if this is something you're interested in getting into. Uh, I don't think you really need to worry too too much about knowing how to play. You need to worry about having someone uh, as your DM who's going to run the game that can help you through that. Yeah, yeah, run when, the game in a way that you and that meshes with what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. As long as you have a knowledgeable DM, uh, you'll be fine. Most DMs that I've met, they, they're DMs because they love the game, and so helping someone walk through uh, and learn the game uh actually ends up being enjoyable and uh i've never seen a dm get frustrated at teaching someone how to play
0: yep yeah so that's uh that's kind of you have a very lucky experience i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who do not have that experience where they've only had dms who are willing to be patient with them and well but i'm talking i'm I'm,
1: I'm being very specific about new players to the game yeah that is a different thing than uh coming in with experience and needing to be walked through things. I I, I as a DM I probably wouldn't have a, a unlimited patience with that. With a right. new with a new player, I would I would say the vast majority of DMs are going to are going to enjoy bringing that person into the
0: fold, you know, into yep. the game, right? That's a, it's a, it, or they'll have you making up new characters the entire night.
1: That happens. <laughs> that happens, but I mean, I think the longer you spend on your character, the
0: happier you're going to be with it. Yeah no it's just like killing off the character you made and just say oh just make up a new character oh yeah. i see i see what you're saying remember yeah. you're level one because you're new yeah yeah yeah
1: well we're in a level 40 campaign oh it looks like you died again good luck can you get to <laughs> level 40 yes it goes to level 50 right
0: well the abilities i believe stop at level 20. oh and you keep
1: getting like hit points and hit dimes so. right right the game officially stops at level 20. But uh, you can just like get. I'm sure more. there's
0: like a rata somewhere. I'm sure the there's board. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure that out. All right. But most games don't get past like level thirteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of
1: experience points to actually get up yeah. to. Because by max then levels. you've already
0: like saved the world.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, a fun way of playing. So I mean, you get experience points based on you know the things you do, uh, and like enemies you kill, but. I would say my favorite way for leveling up is milestone style of leveling up, which right. is uh, the DM has some milestones, maybe ends of longer missions or, or whatever where you automatically level up. Uh, I kind of like that That's system. Cool yeah, it's uh, because you get there are a lot of different things you can do as you level up, and a lot of players. I mean, there's there's the hardcore players that are going to be playing all the time. That once a week sessions and they play all year long. They've been playing for years and years years, and they get to explore a lot of characters. But I think the, I mean, looking at the huge influx of players over the last few years, a lot of these are not hardcore players, more casual. Like myself, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I love really getting into it, but I only play once every couple months, typically. I play uh, every other week. Right, you play every other week. For players who are a little bit more casual, I think the milestone system is good because it allows the player to really experience the character they made and they actually get to use those abilities that would otherwise be almost unattainable for them at that rate of play. Yeah. So that is why I like the milestone system because it it allows the players to really dig into those characters they make and make an experience everything those characters have to offer.
0: But I mean, only downside to that is you can't come up with like a really cool scenario where you just grind out a bunch of exper- experience by exploiting something in the world. Well, I mean, it all depends on the dungeon master
1: you have and what it is the players want to get from uh, the game.
0: Yeah. In some cases, they want Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur Island, there you go. Or Shark People. Or even just, I want to go save a princess somewhere. No, a prince. I want to go save some prince. Yeah. Let me do that. Or just go save prince. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There, I mean, you me can do, do anything. You can do anything. That is something that if you get into this, you want to discuss with your DM and the other players. What is it you want to get out of it? Yeah. You don't just have to go in to what the DM wants. A lot of these DMs are some of the hardcore players, and they might need to tweak some of what they have planned. Or definitely have that conversation when you go into your first game about what it is you want.
0: Yeah, always yeah. have a session zero where everyone says what page they're on. You get help building your character. Everyone is like sort of on the sort of theme that yeah. the, the game is going to be going across. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, what's next? Do you have more rules you want to talk about? No, not really. I think we're pretty good on just like letting people know. It's broad. There's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot you can
1: do. Uh, okay, well, this what brings us to another segment I wanted to talk about. Um, I entitled Controversies.
0: Controversies?
1: Controversies. Huh? Well, Dungeons & Dragons has been involved in a number of controversies over the years. Uh, I've had people ask me about it. I mean, I've started playing Dungeons & Dragons Uh, almost six years ago now. That's crazy. And so people have asked me about it because uh, it's been tied to things like Satanism, different things like uh, different suicides, various things. So it's just something I think we could address lightly. (laughs) not not getting into something any super deep. I'm not going to address anything, any situation specifically. All I want to say is it's, the game is built for the maximum amount of uh, things for you to do. It's, they've made it open, and available to anyone to get out of it what they want so yes in this game there are demons you can play evil characters you can make yourself evil uh and have an evil campaign that is within the realm of this game it is far from the norm of what i would say people typically play it all depends on what you want to get out of it in in all honesty if you want to go into this looking to find a you know Occult training, as as people have put it, as a recruiting system for Satanism or things, you're gonna find it if that's what you're looking yeah. for.
0: So what that session zero is for? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what,
1: yeah. Uh, you you want to go in and ask your DM if uh, uh, if he's recruiting for a yeah. Satanist group, and then they say no, and then you they just say no, and well now group. you got to find another group because yeah that uh, you're not gonna get into your Satan. No, it's a uh, anyone can take just about anything and use it for you know a bad purpose. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. I also think things such as including demons in a game doesn't necessarily make those bad. It's the same, I mean, you know, historically going back, a lot of different things were bad, like with the occult, witches and warlocks have some dark history to them, right? But yeah. then we celebrate those, witches and warlocks and wizards and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and, and all this, those are celebrated things yeah. um, that people love. So. Just the history of it doesn't necessarily mean it can't be turned into something. Uh, are demons, uh, as we know them, typically bad? Yes. Are they, I'm a Christian, are they, uh, is that a, a heavy topic that's involved in you know, heaven and hell? Yes. Do I consider that to be what the demons in Dungeons and Dragons are? No. I think they're just evil creatures that you're trying to defeat from a, you know a dark dimension. Yeah. Right. I think,
0: and I mean, you need something to smite when you're a paladin, right? Well, yeah. When you're a paladin,
1: <laughs> you got to, de- you got to defeat that evil. Yeah. I think it's just, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt and take it, it take it for what it is. It's just telling a story in a fantasy world. If we're going to get stuck on these things, then I think you need to throw out your like of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and what, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, all the, all these type of books that we, we know and love. Despite those things, we look past it. But for some reason, people can't get past it in Dungeons and Dragons yeah. that I don't understand. It.
0: And I mean, even in Dungeons and dragons, there are like demons and stuff in the monster manual, but yeah. you could just skip those pages. You also <laughs> don't have to use those. Don't fight exactly. demons, fight giants. Yeah, fight a giant. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: again, it's it's there for what you want to take from it. so yeah so when people asking me isn't it evil and things like that, people can take evil from it if they want that but it is not built inherently so, and uh, you can actually get quite good things out of it. I think I think Dungeons & Dragons is, an, is a very good thing in general. It, it, it encourages adults to use their imagination, which I think there is far too little of uh, in our current world. Yes, people using their imagination just to have some fun, not necessarily as a business venture. Though there are a lot of people like that, but just to have some fun and relax. Use your imagination. And put yourself in a different world. Pretend you are Gandalf. Yes, yes. Anyway, that was what I wanted to address because I know a lot of people have asked me about that specific thing. So I wanted to uh, address it since we're here. All right. Get it down in the internet. And for anyone who, who wants to debate me on, it, I'm not looking for a debate on it. I'm not going to debate you uh, on it. it. This is my viewpoint. You're not going to change my viewpoint. You you might come with a, a better argument, and you you know you might win that argument. That's fine. But uh, I'm not looking for it. I get yeah. what I want out of this game, which is imaginary fantasy world. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, that was a little heavy. But um, why don't we just move on to our favorite and least favorite, honestly, whatever. Right. Because they're, I mean, races, classes, abilities, spells... Um, Treasure. Treasure. Magic items. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds. Rule. Rule. <laughs> What's your favorite rule? <laughs> Mine is that a tie loses or whatever. Yeah. So tie
0: loses. <laughs> tie loses. Very specific. Very specific. <laughs> Devon, do you have a favorite something? I'm going to just start out first with advice for new players. Oh. And that is going to be, please do not take true strike. It is not a good cantrip. <laughs> You're better off just attacking normally two rounds in a row.
1: So you mean this is your least favorite spell? Yes. Okay.
0: I mean, I think this is like a community sort of agreed upon. Please don't. Right. But as a dungeon master who has had new players, and like you, t- you take a quick look at their spell list, just like guide them on it. You don't want them being disappointed where they get to do nothing in combat right. for three rounds because their concentration was broken.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a concentration spell.
0: Yeah. Wow. So yeah. True Strike takes one action to cast. It targets one creature within 30 feet, and it has a somatic component. Uh, it's concentration for up to one round, so if you can't use it in that round, you lose it. Uh, you extend your hand and point your finger at a target in range. Your magic grants a brief insight Into the target's defenses on your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target, provided the spell hasn't ended. Right. And there's a lot of opportunities for that spell to end. So if that creature hits you and you break concentration, then suddenly you did nothing on your last turn. And now if you want to try True Strike again, you will do nothing on your next turn. Or you could just make an attack.
1: Yeah, and the, the idea behind this being extra useless is I mean, advantage is rolling two d20s instead of one for your attack, and you take the highest roll. Yes. But if that takes a whole attack just to give yourself advantage on the next turn, you might as well just make two attacks. Yes. The only instance where true strike would be particularly useful is when you have, say, an item or some, like something you are attacking with. That you can only use one. So if you had something that was breakable, if you had, uh, or uh, if you needed to, maybe you needed to get a critical hit or something like that. Then I could see that being slightly useful. Well, not the critical hit one because yeah. it's the same. But if you had something that was going to break when you used it as an attack, then I could see it being useful. But that is a little yeah. bit too specific. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Unless you build around being the person who smashes pots on other people's heads. No fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> That was his, I guess, least
1: favorite spell, though it is a uh, a commonly referred to least favorite spell.
0: Or a please don't.
1: A please don't.
0: (laughs) So for really, really good spells, I'm going to say animate object. That's a good one. Casting time is one action. It's concentration for up to one minute. You command objects to come to life. You choose 10 non-magical objects within range that are not being worn or carried. Medium targets count as two objects. Large objects count as four and huge co- objects count as eight and these objects come alive they get their own hit point pool they get their own ac they get bonuses to hit and to uh to do damage depending on how big they are and you can just command them yeah, it's a nice, easy spell to use for doing a lot of damage against targets because pull off ten attacks that turn it's by animating the coins in your pocket
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say probably one of my least favorite spells is the dark vision spell. And why is that? It's just a little redundant because most races actually have the dark vision ability. Now not every race has it,
0: I believe, in the base game before you get into everything else. Yeah. Everyone except for the humans and the dragonborn yeah. have dark vision.
1: Yeah. So it's like out of 8 races two don't have it so it's just a little bit redundant not to say it's not useful for a dragonborn or human but it seems up to be a just a waste of a spell especially since if you're playing a dragonborn or a human you most likely have a party member that has dark vision so to me it's just kind of funny that that's even a spell so that's kind of dumb now for a favorite spell
0: i mean upside it lasts eight hours
1: it does last eight hours but that's barely barely an upside. My favorite (laughs) spell is actually a first level spell. It is called Chromatic Orb. This is a simple straightforward attack spell. Right. That's Um, the one
0: you killed the weasel with. The one
1: you uh, allowed me to kill (laughs) when I expressly said I didn't want to kill it. Uh, It does decent damage. You can make it stronger as you get stronger. But what I like is you choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder for the type of orb you create. So each of those is a distinct damage type. And many creatures in Dungeons & Dragons are weak against certain types of damage. So having a spell that allows you to choose which type of damage you deal, to me, is critical. It's such a useful spell. I don't have to worry about filling up my spell slots or my known spells with different types of damaging spells. I just need this one. So that's what I really like about it. And it actually starts out doing... 3d8 damage at a first level spell. So it's already a uh, pretty fair amount. A fair amount. And you add 1d8 for every level higher than level one that you cast. If you cast it in a level three slot, you're doing 5d8 damage. So, fairly decent uh, spell that allows you to do whatever damage you want. That is my favorite spell.
0: So, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Goblins. Goblins. Characters that beginning, (laughs) the monsters were beginning characters, will be fighting. In most case scenarios. Yeah. It's just just nice to have a goblin to be like, it's a goblin. It's a goblin. It's an orc.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So goblins and orcs are
0: low level creatures. Yeah. Or kobolds. I'm doing something bad. You can stop me from doing this bad thing. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is the staple of any good fantasy story is orcs and goblins.
0: And I'm probably not going to kill you, but I might. Yeah. (laughs) Now,
1: Devon, you're currently not playing in any campaigns, but you are uh, DMing two campaigns. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. That being said, you have played in at least one campaign. Yeah. Would you have a favorite class that you like to play?
0: Um.
1: I mean, you've only yeah, played one class. Yeah, I've only played class. a
0: couple. Right. And then, like, a one shot here and there I've played. Right, right, right. For other ones. But I guess a nice class for someone who doesn't... Who, After you've been planning all these campaigns and making all these stories, you want to have something a little bit simpler. Yeah. But you still get to do the powerful stuff and have lots of fun doing it. Yes. I'm going to say Barbarian. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You can take a lot of damage. You get to be right up in the front of things. Deal out a lot of damage. You don't have to worry too much about getting knocked down. You don't have to worry too much about missing your attacks because you can always just give yourself advantage on your first swing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. by uh, using a reckless attack. Fair enough. You can go into rage and yeah. just be basically invincible.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you just get to smash yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a good that's a good call. That's a
1: good call. I'd have to say my favorite class is the first class I ever played, which is a rogue. That uh, that character, while it can't take too much in terms of hits, it's very easy to dodge and can deal out a lot of damage, specializing in sneaking around, staying in the back, staying hidden, but dealing that damage from the, from the shadows.
0: Yeah, and so. also you get a couple skills that you're just phenomenal at.
1: Oh my goodness. The rogues get expertise, where my stealth check the last time we played, we're either at a plus 10 or plus 12. Yeah. Moderately difficult stealth check would be, what, a 15? Yeah. I I would only need to roll a 5, a 3 or a 5.
0: Almost always 16.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you a lot of fun options to really stack up that character. And it's one of those things where we talk about just leveling up one or two things uh, and becoming really strong in those things. Specializing. Definitely worth it with that class. Although, one shout-out to a class I have never played, but I love it. It is the Sorcerer specifically when the sorcerer has wild magic.
0: i like to add a little bit of chaos with your battling.
1: Using an in-game story reason, the character I play right now, a wizard, does use the wild magic table. So what the wild magic table is, when a character with wild magic, uh, something happens and they have a wild magic surge, they roll a D100. It's two dice that add up to 100. Uh, They have 100 options on them. And on this table has about... 50 different things, random things that can happen, out of your control. Uh, so one thing could be that you cast Levitate on yourself, and now you're floating in the middle of a battle, presumably. Yeah, another thing could be you just get taller. You just get c- taller. Or you transport to the astral plane. Let's see. An eye appears on your forehead for the next minute, and you have advantage on wisdom checks that rely on sight. So a lot of, the, a lot of just different fun things. Some dangerous... Some
0: incredibly dangerous, some, incredibly dangerous <laughs>
1: some very powerful that helps you, and some just don't do anything at all. And actually, a fun thing I've heard in other Dungeons & Dragons podcasts is adding a similar table like that in a area. So say there's something wrong with magic in a certain area, and you can have that affect all your party members who are using magic. It's just a little bit of fun, but that can throw in a huge level of unpredictability and chaos into your games.
0: Especially when you let your players know that that's the case. Yeah. And don't just surprise them with it for no reason. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you got to surprise them with it to let them learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that is something for DMs. Maybe that, maybe we'll do a DM special podcast. One well, that's time. when
0: you have like a kobold with a magic wand who survived their attack earlier, have hunted down the party, and it's like, I'm finally gonna get revenge on you, and they point the wand, and then like bubbles come out. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's just easy mode. You gotta, you
1: gotta let your, uh, you gotta let your party uh, discover that thing no, for the themselves. No, the cobalt runs
0: off and escapes miraculously. Yes,
1: and then comes right. back
0: later with a tank.
1: <laughs> Any other favorites you want to cover? do You want to move on?
0: I think we should encourage people to find their own favorite.
1: Yeah. I mean, that could be uh, a bit of the question of the week. Well, what
0: what what do you have in mind, Devon? That's your idea? Have you played Dungeons & Dragons 5e? Yes. And? And if so, what did you pick? Yeah, what's your favorite uh,
1: aspect? Favorite spell? A favorite ability? A favorite class? A favorite race? Who knows? You let us know. You know. Probably. You probably know.
0: Unless so, it went really, really bad and you blocked it out of your mind. That,
1: that could have happened. That does happen. Sometimes we do bad things and other people won't let us forget them. Yeah, let
0: us know what your favorite part of Dungeons and Dragons is, assuming you like heck, even if you listen, let us know. All right. Just as many people who listen to this game as play it.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is true. I guess one question for you, Devon, is any personal experiences, any stories from D D that would be kind of fun to share. You
0: can think of a couple, but it might ruin upcoming stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, fair enough. Well upcoming? Yeah. Are you sure
1: it's going to ruin upcoming stuff? This is coming out next August.
0: It just might. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, because this is from the game that I'm DMing for your characters. Right. So, okay. That one is a little bit less frequent. You so, know I'm, how I'm, but I'm
1: talking about something that's already happened. Something that's already happened. Yeah. Happens. Like just like some of your favorite experiences of stuff that has happened in the game. Um, just like something. Funny I was in or a one shot
0: where my one of my friends was running and it was a big dinner party part of the dress wear for this dinner party was like a mask that you wore that was like an animal shape okay and then along the line people started acting more and more like the animal mask that they were wearing (laughs) and Uh the mask became impossible to remove from your face
1: Uh, i see where this is going that's actually pretty cool that's pretty cool I guess I guess my favorite moment would be when I was rolling off that Wild Magic table, and I accidentally cast Levitate on myself while we were fighting this interdimensional being, and my character ended up just floating around the room, kind of aimlessly, uh, taking like almost like running pot shots at this uh, creature. Yeah.
0: Like it, jumping off of walls.
1: Yeah, I was just pushing myself <laughs> off of walls, bouncing around like a like a pinball in this room just like going from wall to wall. It was a round room, so it was uh, it was it was pretty comical.
0: So, it was kind of Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess what are your overall feelings on Dungeons and Dragons?
0: I really like this version of Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely. I can't speak too much on the other ones cuz I haven't really played them.
1: Yeah, my but same here. this one's
0: very accessible. It's yes, pretty easy to get by just knowing how to de- play your own character yeah you don't have to know everything in the book Absolutely if you want to be not. a player yeah if you want to be a dm uh you do need to know a little bit more you don't have to quite know what all your characters can do but you do right. need to know how at least 75 percent of the rules work
1: yeah it's it's like one person needs to have all the knowledge and everyone else can can get by with just like the minimum to run their own character yeah.
0: So I really like this one. I'm excited to see what else they add to it or if a 6th edition ever comes out. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean looking at this the timetable between many of the editions, this one's probably going to be around for a while. This one did fix fourth edition commonly looked down upon a little bit. Fourth edition which was just mostly just like a war game where this one focuses a lot more on the actual role-playing side. The make-believe conversational side of the
0: game. Yeah. And I think actually like pillars for that. Yeah. You could be like you can go entire adventures without ever killing anything. In fact, we've gone entire sessions where
1: we didn't have any combat and they were just as enjoyable as the next session, which was entirely combat. Yeah. And I really like that aspect of it. And sometimes you're spending a good deal of time just sitting back listening to, uh, you know, another teammate of yours have a conversation with an NPC that you're not really involved in, but it's yeah. enjoyable to actually just listen. Yep. Yeah. And you're just kind of taking in the story, taking a lot of notes. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I mean, you kind of did get into it slightly, but what kind of advice would you give new players? New players. Well, if I could start with one, get the starter set. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Get the starter set. That's what we did. We're only three players, three people. We... we played it a little unconventionally. We all had our own characters when we took turns running the show. Yeah, we just ran a chapter each. Yeah, well, that's a little bit of a weirder way to do it, but it worked. We didn't read ahead aside from the chapter we were in and we gave control of our character over to the other players. So we kind of wouldn't know, you know,
0: wouldn't yeah, be. Just one extra person traveling with them.
1: Yeah, no, it was a, a, a very, very easy way to get in. The Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, and Monster Manual. Can be a little daunting. These are full textbooks, much of which you do need to read uh, before you can start running okay. a game.
0: At least how the game works, sort of. Yeah,
1: and yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if you, I'm just talking about if you're like just doing your own game without yeah. uh, knowing an experienced player. Not everyone's gonna know an experienced player that they can get to yeah. DM a session for them, right? So starting with the starter set is a great way to to get into the game if you are interested. Uh, I highly recommend it. Oh, absolutely. What other advice would you have for a new player?
0: For a new player, make sure you give your character flaws. Oh, that's good. Flaws that's are good. very important for making someone believable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And don't be like, oh, my flaw is that I'm incredibly handsome. Unless you're really going to lean into that.
1: I mean, unless you really <laughs> lean into that as a flaw, that could be very funny yeah. and interesting. But yeah, I mean, make it an actual flaw. That's a good, that's yeah. a good uh, piece of advice. I would also add on to that, uh, when you create your character, do not over-create over that character. By over-create, I mean give it a huge background and history.
0: Yeah, if um, you're going to be a level 1 character, you probably haven't fought in like 8 wars and took down <laughs> the baron that was oppressing your town single-handedly with arm tied behind your back. Yeah, yeah. And, and not even that,
1: Like by over-creating a character in their personality, it shackles you in terms of playing that character. Because oftentimes when you play a lot, that character grows and you grow, uh, kind of learn that character and that character becomes its own character. It kind of fleshes itself out. If you, uh, In my experience, and uh, this isn't, I'm not the only person to say this, if you give too much of a background to your character, you're just tying your hands for what you can do with that character, what you can explore with that character and letting that character grow.
0: Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. So, uh, definitely don't overcreate that character
0: unless it's a one shot. Then right away, as much as you want. I mean, yeah, <laughs>
1: if a, a one shot being just a single sit down. Once you're done, you're done. Yeah. Uh, that one. I mean, well, those ones don't require as much uh, build-through because you're not going to explore much anyway.
0: Yeah, Definitely uh, worth thinking. What's your rating for Dungeons & Dragons? Well, Dungeons & Dragons is a completely different experience for so many people. But for me, it's been incredibly positive. Yes. Let's give this one a uh, greater healing potion. That's a... That's a- Good rating. I'm going
1: to rate this an immovable rod.
0: Okay. I understand.
1: Yes. <laughs> and
0: you can too. Listen, that's all we have today. Next time on podcast. The podcast podcast. Cardboard. <laughs> we have
1: Next things week. happening. Next week, we have a familiar guest on the show. All right. Sam will be here. By popular demand. By popular demand, presumably. We don't listen to you guys. We will be talking more about Dungeons & Dragons, but something a little bit different. We're going to be creating a character for Sam. Sam is going to come in. She's going to have an idea of what she wants to create. And we're going to go through the player's handbook and create that character with her. It'll be exciting. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. And if it's not fun, you know, sit through it and we'll get to and the we'll next. We'll
0: throw time. the episode out.
1: Well, well <laughs> we won't, but
0: we'll. And everything you're hearing now will be a lie and it never Maybe. happened.
1: Maybe we'll do that. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with all of it yep like devon subscribe
0: comment you want to hear back from you answer that question of the day yeah question um, of the day what, what did you on... pick on your D game and what thing did you like
1: yeah 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 uh, what, what what's what's your favorite aspect of dungeons and dragons hit us up on twitter at cardboard podcast with no t and on instagram at cardboard podcast with a t that's where you can find us. There, we're also on YouTube. We are on
0: all sorts of podcasts, all sorts platforms. of podcast that
1: platforms. Please rate, review, and Spotify. subscribe to us. Spotify music player, music player, <laughs> uh, no, music player two actually. Ah, music player two got it. Google Podcasts, iTunes, all that stuff. Anyway, okay, thanks everyone. Bye.
0: Bye. Movable rod? Huh. I thought. It was what good? does that? Mean? That's just a rod that doesn't move. Ah. It doesn't sound useful, but it
1: is.
0: Once in a while, kinda like